Yo, Trey. Kevin, what's up, man? You know, I've been thinking, what would have happened if the NBA never vetoes the Chris Paul trade to the Lakers and we get CP3 in the same backcourt as Kobe in L.A.? Well, you get a very happy Jack Nicholson, for sure. And the Lakers probably win a bunch more championships. CP3 finally gets a ring or two or three. And the Kardashian empire is forever altered. What did you just say? Hey, everybody, I'm Trey Wingo. And I'm Kevin Frazier, and we're teaming up on a new weekly sports podcast from Wondery Alternate Routes. As former sports center anchors and current sports obsessives, we're consumed by all the what-if questions that make being a sports fan so excruciatingly fun. If you're like us, then you also live and die on the fallout from every drop pass. Or play call. Each week on Alternate Routes, we'll take a flashpoint in sports, break down what actually happened, then explore every alternate scenario and the ripple effects it would have caused. Follow Alternate Routes on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. For all NBA NBA Warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, what up? It's Golden Spaces. All right, so All-Star Break is coming. Um, We'll get to that. You know, it's a couple more days of NBA games. It's the NBA, so anything can happen. We didn't really talk about, like, the buyout stuff. It's, It's, you know... Bob had that like final that post game or not post game the presser where he finally spoke about GP2 and they spoke about Wiseman and I think he was asked about like buyout candidates some of his answers were interesting Justin and so it's really hard to say like I'm not sure if they're going to go after anyone on the buyout market right that definitely maybe raised like an eyebrow like hmm is there some type of rift going on here? Is there some type of disconnect on what they should be doing? Which did it feel like he was taking a shot at Steve? I don't know. I think kind of it did. Like I can definitely see how it can be read that way. But and let's just let's let also- the audience know the comment that was made that I'm saying that about is because he's just like, well, I mean. Because we need to know, like, is that player going to get to play? <laughs> you know, like, it's something along those lines. And it's just like, whoa, whoa. Like, it just kind of felt like there was a little, like, Steve caught a stray. But maybe not. He might have. He might have. He might have used that kind of to throw shade at both Steve and Lakeup. Just kind of like, well, you might want a guy Lakeup, but is, is Steve Kerr going to play him? And maybe that's for good reason that he doesn't play him, you know, like, or he could be like, Hey, Steve, we got guys on the roster that you ain't even playing. Do you even trust like our judgment? You know, cause he could, he could even be talking about guys like PBJ, like don't play could help probably, but doesn't play. So yeah, definitely interesting. It's not easy to yeah. just step into the warrior system and know how to play within it. So I mean, I guess if someone glaring becomes open on the buyout market, right, that makes sense. They'll go for it. But I guess what I take from the answer is, like, they're not just going to go try to get someone to get someone. So it has to be someone who would make sense. So we've talked about a lot of different names on this show already. But with that in mind, um, we don't know if Kevin Love's going to become available. But should he come become available I think he could be one of those players 
Dario could be another mm-hmm. one. Um, but I don't, I'm not sure about like, uh, Nerland's Noel, like, would you go for him or not? You know, like you can see the upside, but maybe he doesn't fit right away. Maybe he struggles a little bit. And so maybe they're like, not sure about someone like that. You know, I don't know. Um, but maybe some of these other, well, I think Deadman already got picked up and I don't know if they really would have gone after him, but maybe some of these other guys who might be out there, like they, they don't go after cause it's just like, are we really going to do anything with you? Right. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, I guess you gotta look, but it just doesn't seem like there's a ton out there for them to work with. I think they really should have capitalized on the trade deadline a little bit better, like letting a guy like Mike Muscala go to the Celtics when he potentially could have been had and he's playing well for them. I think he would have fit perfectly in the role that they want. You know, a guy that can just kind of play team defense, hit a three, grab some rebounds, whatever. But, you know, jamaica has been playing better. I guess we'll see. And I like I don't think it's going to be – a guy that they sign off the buyout unless it is a no-brainer guy that's out there. Like, say, a Kevin Love becomes available. If not, I don't think they're going to budge. We just got to hope that it's Tyrone that gets that last spot instead of someone else. Yeah. I mean, I think he's making a strong case for it right now based on the latest play because Mm -hmm. it feels like he's been more impactful in the games. Then, sure. yeah, so um, obviously positionally, um, Lamb is probably what's more of the need, but he like he doesn't help. So if Jermichael can, I guess, keep continue to be serviceable, <laughs> maybe that's enough, you know, I don't I don't know. Um, but. Here we are. That that's the situation we're in. They did ultimately keep GP two. We thought that's what was going to happen. There seems to be optimism that he could return before three months. Like, look, three months was putting you like in the second round. So that was always a little crazy to me. But like, they said a month's time, right? Is when they're going to check him. Wasn't it a month? Yeah, evaluated in a month. And I that was like a few days ago. It. So I mean. You're talking about some time in March, which, yeah. like, if he comes back then, it's still not that many games left in the season, you know, because they only play until about mid-April and then the playoffs start. Yeah, kind of did the math on it. If he's reevaluated in a month from when they announced it, that would be March 13th. Um, They play Phoenix that day. So, you know, I go to say usually goes one to two week ramp up. Um, so depending on how how fast he ramps up, if he comes back in two weeks from that date, it will be March 28th, and he'll have seven, six games left in the season. Um, and if he comes back a week after that evaluation, then that would be against Houston, and that would be like 10 games before the post. I'm just so. curious, what would make it change from like it's like a three-month to – We'll evaluate. I mean, obviously you have to evaluate people regardless, but I just, that does seem like I a think they were like, point. Yeah, I think when they said three months, they were like, well, depending on how these extra tests do, like he could be out for three months. Like if he's, if it's really, really severe, like this injury, then he could be out for up to three months. Um, 
So I think they realized like, all right, it's not actually that bad. We'll just give him a month to, to get as healthy as he can get and then see what he's looking like after that. But like, I mean, he did play against the Warriors like recently. Obviously he wasn't healthy, but I think if you're healthy enough to at least play, even if you're playing as a, you know, at 70, with injections, with injections. right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Then you're not, you're not healthy enough to play if you need the injections. You're not healthy enough to play, but like it would be, I think the three month thing would be like, he wouldn't, he, he wouldn't be playing at all. If he needed three months, I don't think he'd be playing at all, even with injections. So I think he also wasn't as like, he wasn't GP two like against the Warriors. So we want, yeah, we like, we want at least like 80% of that, that that player, you know, Um, even if he's not going to be that this year. So like, if he's, not going to be able to be impactful, then you know. Yeah, you I think system matters too. To season. be honest, and it's one of the, it's the same thing we're talking about with Jordan and the young guys. Like obviously Gary is much older and stuff like that, but he's a guy that is a complimentary piece. He's not a a dude that's just going to carry everything for you. But he played well for the for the Trailblazers, and everybody else around him pretty much cannot play defense. <laughs> like, so it, it looks a lot different when you put him next to guys like Draymond and Looney and Wiggins. He looks a lot better than being next to Jeremy Grant and Dame Lillard and Anthony Simons and stuff like that. So For sure. even if he's not a, the, the full GP2 that he was last year, I think he'll look better with the Warriors than he did, than he did with the Trailblazers. Okay. So I just, there, there's a little interesting conversation that started um, on the timeline as a result of alleged comments Isaiah made, which he's now said it's not true, whatever's being said. We don't know what's not true because he didn't like elaborate, but he tweeted and he at Steph and you want to make sure Stefan <laughs> and we all knew that it's not true. So, but what was allegedly claimed is I think Stephen A said on a podcast or someone talking to Stephen A or something, you know, said that in, like, I guess in conversation Stephen A has had with Isaiah in the past, you know, he said like back in that era, you know, Steph would have only averaged around 18 points, you know? So mm-hmm. of course, Steph stands, Steph fans, Warriors fans, whatever people call themselves these days. Um, people took it as slander and all those kinds of things, right? Um, you know, I actually like, even though Isaiah like really praises Steph, I always feel like there's also this kind of like, I don't know, I can't explain it, but like low key, I don't know, envy maybe, or like, I feel like he finds little ways to like take jabs and stuff. And so um, it's very subtle because there's always a lot of praise, and uh, you know, so it's, it's the Zach Lowe thing. Yes. Yes. So you got, <laughs> you, you got to detect it and pick up on it. It's very subtle. Um, so mm-hmm. it didn't surprise me that he may have said this. Um because I feel like that's what he does. Now, I don't know what Zach Lowe's motivations are. Um, 
<laughs> that one just always like surprised uh, me too because you're supposed to be smart. Like when I say that, meaning like you're kind of praised as this guru and like with the analytics and all that bullshit. So <laughs> the, the stuff you like, you are just like a walking contradiction to me. Whereas like with Isaiah, I get it because it's like for you to kind of acknowledge how great Steph is, is sort of putting him above you. And I don't think outside of magic that Isaiah wants to put any guard above him, you know, um, or consider that someone could be better than him. And on top of it, he, he was a small guard, right? So it's just like, there's a Steph gets to do things that I couldn't do, you know, and Mm -hmm. if I was able to, then who knows what I would have done, but it's like, okay. And that's what like fans of Isaiah, the argument they make. Cause there are people who say like Isaiah is the better player, but Steph has like the better career. And I'm like, you're fucking stupid. Uh-oh. You think. <laughs> See, this would be My great if we actually were doing a full video YouTuber. show. So see what happens. Justin tried to be cute and have this background y'all. And so the background just fell. So it was quite funny and there's nothing wrong with his real background. So, you know, Oh, well, too bad you guys don't see that moment. So I'm telling you about it. But, um, but yeah, so, you know, with Isaiah, it's like, I think that's what it's about, you know, but it's just like his, his, his supporters and he does still have supporters. Like, yeah, they legitimately think that he's a better player than Steph and, you know, Steph just, and I'm just like, okay, whatever. Um, I'm sorry. It's very hard to compare generations. I know that. I know that. And we'll never know the answer. But no, I don't believe that that's true. I don't think Steph would have been averaging 18 points. Um, and I, for two reasons, I say that. My, my two arguments, Justin, um, are one, like I, and I do understand there had already been some evolution of the three point ball in that, like back then, people just thought of it as like a mimic, you know, not a, mimic, a gimmick. Sorry. Mm -hmm. And so by the time Steph came in the league, it wasn't looked at like that, but it still wasn't this like highly, highly embraced thing either. It was still, you know, like the game is played the way it is now because of Steph. Right. And so I guess my point is that Steph Curry didn't exist back then to change the game. There was no one who shot the ball as well. Like you can say other players, blah, 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 whatever. There was no one who shot it as well as him, right, to force that kind of change then. Anyway, so I guess my point is that, like, if if he came in in another generation and changed it, because the game is now played differently, and it's because of the way he, why do we think that he couldn't have changed it in some way back then, right? So that's that's one of my reasons why I push back against that. But the other is just that, like, Steph doesn't need a three-point shot, like, to score. He is just a prolific scorer, right? Um, what do you call it? A four level scorer? Cause I said he's a three level scorer. People corrected me. I'm like, I forgot y'all have these new like versions of how many levels of scoring they are, but whatever, however many levels you consider it, three, four, five, he's all of them. He's all of them, right? Like he is an amazing scorer and he doesn't need the three point shot. So like if, if we're saying like to me, all time greats are going to be great in any generation. And so, um, you know, someone said to me, well, like, Isaiah is all-time great. He is. And I think he would be great in today's generation, too. But Steph is still the more skilled player. And, like, Steph is still, to me, another level above Isaiah, as great as Isaiah is. So, like, no, I don't think, like, he was going to be limited to, like, 20, like, 18 points because 
he can score. He's an amazing finisher. He can shoot in the mid range. He's going to make free throws. Like, you know, he still had the three point shot, you know, even if he did less volume, like he's an incredible score and it doesn't get talked about enough. So nah, he wasn't going to be no 18 point fucking score. Like he probably, you know, like to me, he'd be well over a 20 point score, you know, like, is he going to be a 30 point score? Uh, maybe not, but probably 25 and up for sure. Yeah, easily. Easily. I mean, he's Steph is the greatest shooter of all time. Obviously, we don't like to put just that label on him because he's obviously much more than that. But greatest shooter of all time doesn't mean greatest three-point shooter alone. You know what I mean? Greatest shooter, period. Greatest jump shot, period, of all time. No matter where it is on the court, obviously, the volume and efficiency of KD and and Michael Jordan make them the greatest – you know, mid-range shooters of all time because they just shot so many more mid-ranges than everybody else and hit them at a clip that nobody else can really match. But Steph has always been one of the most efficient mid-range shooters in the NBA, regardless of volume, for the majority of his career. And obviously he has the highest, last time I checked, the highest free throw percentage for his career in NBA history, right? So literally his jump shot is cash anywhere on the court, right? It doesn't need to be high-level threes. Let's say instead of 12 threes a game, if he played in 19... 88 he's only shooting three of them but the rest of those 12 are just long mid-ranges he's probably hitting them so he's still going to get his 20 to 25 to 30 points a game still can finish with the best of them and if it's current Steph Curry with the extra 10 20 pounds of muscle that he put on since he had he won his first MVP then I'm sure that he'll be able to handle the physicality quote unquote of that era um and we can talk and by the way He's going to the line more in that era. He's going to the line more in that era. For sure. And just like Draymond said, like uh, people like to talk about how physical that certain area, that certain era of basketball was, but not everybody was physical out there. Right. Draymond said it best. Like that would be like Draymond saying, Hey, everybody, everybody in our era can shoot because this is the three point revolution. Draymond can't shoot threes really. You know, there's guys that play hella minutes in the NBA today that cannot shoot threes, even though this is the three-point shooting era. The same thing applies in the 80s and the 70s where everybody was just punching people in the face on the drive and stuff like that. No, they weren't. It was certain people that was doing that more probably than today, but it wasn't every single player, right? So you can't act like Steph was just going to go out there and just get punked every game. Like, that's just not realistic. And Steph is bigger and more physical than Isaiah Thomas. So if Isaiah Thomas can handle it, I'm pretty sure Steph can handle it. So just... Like you said, every great is going to be great in any era. That's why they're an all-time great, right? They're, they've transcended eras. They've transcended styles. They can play anywhere, anytime against any player and still be great. So that's just that's just a dumb, dumb statement. I don't know if Isaiah actually said that, but people do think that. And it's just, it's just dumb. It's moronic. Yeah. Well, I always love when I think something and you're aligned with me because, you know, Justin is the brains behind this operation. So um, (laughs) if you're telling me that I have some sound, you know, reasoning, then I'm feeling pretty good about myself, Justin. Um, He's got a ice cream flavored opinions in order. No, I don't come to you for food. Food, I'm the person for food. That's crazy. All right. (laughs) <laughs> First of all, I'm I'm older than you in life. I've had more life experience than you. I know more about that? food. I'm also a, 
I'm a chef. Like, come on, what are we doing here? No, I don't take food opinions okay. from you, but you okay. know, <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll listen, but you know, if I say that it's wrong, it's wrong. And that's just what it is. <laughs> and no, <laughs> your ice cream taste is not good. I feel like you have some other not great food takes. I can't remember them all, but that's a conversation for another day. Yeah, because you're clearly making that up. <laughs> we haven't had other food combos? Nah. Not where I've made a, a bad take. Nah. Okay. Maybe I'm confusing you with Chris, who has pretty awful takes. Hoop spaces. You should check him out, though, because... Yeah, I agree. He puts out great basketball content, but his food takes are horrendous. The man doesn't like French fries. Like, come on, get out of here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Wow. Oh, and you are a French toast guy. So, yeah, some of your stuff is good. It's just your ice cream is wrong. And by the way, cookies and cream is okay. It's just mid. It's just mid. That's all. We can do better. Let's elevate your palate. That's all I'm saying. If you ever come to New York, I'll introduce you to some of my bougie ice cream. Yeah, all right. <laughs> all right guys it's been fun um yeah all stars coming up so we'll be back at some point this weekend uh with a little quick check-in around all star but enjoy the time off put your mind at ease about the warriors we will get into what we expect for them you know for this last final stretch of the season but for now let's just you know, it's let's take a break with the team, clear our minds, and you know, just think of it as a new beginning. Think of it as a new beginning when that second part of this, not even second, because it's basically the last final stretch of the season. But you know, just let let all that anxiety and other stuff go. So until next time, we appreciate you. Make sure you are following and subscribe. Uh, Twitter, Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. Leave us a review. Leave a rating, five stars. You know, let us know what you're thinking. Send us questions so we can answer them. We really appreciate the support, and we will be having some exciting news to announce to you in the very, very near future. So tune in and, and stay tuned so you don't miss out on that. Take care, y'all.